RadioInfluence.com. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. How's everyone doing out there today, this week, this month, this year so far? I hope you are all doing grand. Your boy's doing grand, and for good reason, and for good reason indeed. I just got back from Las Vegas, Nevada, where... My, my good, good family at Polaris Slingshot and my homies over at the brand Amp uh, put on an incredible product launch of the 2020 Slingshot. And I'm telling you, look, I'm, I'm a, now I'm an owner and there's been a lot of debate in the motorcycle community. There has been a lot of debate in the motorcycle community about whether the slingshot belonged in the community. If it was a motorcycle, if it was a car, oh, it has a steering wheel and a seat and a passenger seat and a side by side. But it has a, a swing on and it's belt driven. And yeah, but it has a car engine. So there's been this uh, Debate. I think it was kind of it kind of dwindled down. But when the slingshot first hit the scene, that was the talk. What was it? And in my opinion, my professional opinion, I think a lot of time was lost debating what it was opposed to just riding it for what it is. And it's fun when you get behind the wheel of it. And man, there's nothing like that. The argument goes out. It just it just goes away. There's no more argument. The the issue of what it's supposed to be is irrelevant when you realize what it is. And I've said it. It's just a fun machine. Um, Is it practical? The practical is a relative term. You decide what's practical Uh, in my fleet of vehicles. It, you know, when the weather is appropriate, it's sometimes often in, you know, my every day, my every day when I have to drop my son off to school or pick him up, me, I roll up in, in the slingshot and it's, oh, my son's the coolest kid in the universe. He is by nature of his existence anyway, but, <laughs> um, you know, picking him up from school, dropping him off at school in the slingshot, it's an experience. It's a fun thing. So I, you know, I, I digress, but the event itself was in Las Vegas and it was Lake, the Lake Mead area, Hoover Dam area, just outside of, you know, Las Vegas, the strip. Um, so the press ride itself was pretty great. Uh, I posted a few videos on my personal Instagram that's at Mr. Black Moses. And I posted a few other videos on the Sport Bikes Inc. magazine's Instagram, which is Sport Bikes Inc. Uh, So uh, check those out. Check those out. But there was uh, at a certain point, at a certain point, you know, we did the ride and then we stopped for lunch. And, you know, there were a lot of non-endemic individuals to the motorcycle community uh, at the event. And I, 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 it was, I questioned Originally, it crossed my mind. Well, there was only a handful of journalists 
uh, present at the launch. And I questioned that at first, but then I got it. I got what they were trying to do, what the brand of Slingshot is trying to do and involving other uh, agencies to bring in, if you want to say these quote unquote influencers, and I'm not using the quote unquote in a derogatory sense, you know, but that's just the, the term influencer. Again, it, it, it's a relative term about what is an actual influencer um, or what a, what an influencer consists of or how does, you know, whatever. So um, it, it crossed my mind like, wow, there's only a handful out of maybe like 20 people, you know, there was very there was about, like I said, a handful. When I say handful, if there were 20 people, there were five of us, five journalists, um, ballpark. So, you know, it's to reach out to people who are not directly or indirectly or at all related to the motorcycle industry, but have followings in with this type of vehicle to be able to get it in front of eyes that may not naturally gravitate toward it if you catch what i'm saying basically it's it's uh it's 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 visibility you're taking the product you are getting it in front of the people who are going to write about it by nature of our vocation it's my job i'm a journalist i'm going to write it i'm going to write about it it's going to get uh it's going to get exposure through my avenues and channels um just because of what i do so for them to reach out to in individuals who are not in the motorcycle industry or in the motorsports industry, what have you to have, it's, it's a dice roll because you want them to come and have a good time and experience the vehicle and experience the event. And then the hope is that they will, because it's not their job per se to run, tell that. And to run tell for those not familiar <laughs> to, to run tell that is a uh, an old way, an old uh, an old vibe way of saying tell everybody. You say you go, go run tell that. That's tell everybody. So you you are hoping that these non endemic individuals are going to go run tell that about their experience experience that they're going to whatever videos or photos that they have taken. They're going to broadcast that to their following, to their audience and dot, dot, dot. Um, it started to come together. Like I started to see the I see now what was, you know, what the point was, what the purpose was. Um, and it was cool to meet people who aren't, you know, it, it, if nothing else is networking. Well, from my point of view, it's cool to be in a room with new people and experience new things. And, you know, you, you get to increase your network, which by virtue could increase your net worth. Um, so yeah, it was great. It was great opportunity. So after, so we had lunch, we had a nice little ride, a little cruise. Um, and they, you know, the, the, the slingshot now comes in the automatic version, (laughs) which to me, I, again, I get it. I get it to have an automatic version of the slingshot is going to open up it's probably more people are going to talk shit on it. You know, haters are going to hate, but I also understand. I see the vision. It opens up the market to uh, individuals who may be not too, uh, they're not too swift when it comes to driving a manual. Um, they, they may be for those who are intimidated by driving a manual, it makes it accessible. It's going to get more people in the seat of the slingshot. Um, 
again, at the end of the day, you have to think about it. The business is to move unit. That's the job. That's the business. That's why they're in business uh, for profitability. Uh, and they want to sell units. They want to move units. So to create a version of the slingshot that is accessible to anybody. I mean, like, obviously, if you can drive stick, you can drive an automatic. But if you drive automatic, you may not necessarily be able to drive stick. So in a way, I'm not going to say that they doubled their potential marketability, but in a, they've definitely given themselves a proper boost, a proper, proper boost. So hats off to the team at Slingshot. Um, hats off to the team at Polaris. Um, and hats off to my team, to my people over at the brand amp. But I want to get back. To, I want to talk about this lunch thing. So we do the ride cruise, boop, boop, boop. We get up to the lunch spot and we have lunch and, you know, and we do the, did the photos and everything before we got to lunch. And, you know, where we were, there was this, I don't want to, it's not a marina cause it's not a dock, but there was a place, a, a spot where you could load your vehicle into the water and there was this huge pad and I'm going to say was some of it was asphalt and some of it was concrete regardless it was a decent size think maybe uh two maybe three basketball courts maybe four that's how big this area was and it was next to the parking lot and there were no cars in it but it was just like this huge plot of land this huge in 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 terms of what you know, I was thinking it was enough space for me to basically show off. So again, <laughs> so um, I talked to my guy, Jeff, and shout out to my boy, Jeff, and the whole team over at Brand Amp. And I said, Jeff, hey, look, after we eat, is it OK if that little area over there, if, you know, if I just kind of light it up a little bit and do a little something, something. And he was like, yeah, sure. No problem. So we eat uh, and then I go over and I had uh, my new friend, my new friend from Super Street Magazine. Shout out to the homie Sam, Sammy Du. Um, he's the editor and publisher uh, over editor in chief. No, I'm sorry, not publisher. He's the editor in chief over at Super Street Magazine. Super cool dude. Um, and in fact, he he was actually my passenger for the cruise up. So after lunch, I was like, Sammy, yo, let's go over there and like just you know light it up, and see what it does. I mean, Sammy, he's Super Street Magazine. That dude, I know that dude can drive. Um, so and I know what I can do. So and again, you watch the video, and there's two versions of the video. There's actually it's not two versions of there are two videos. I posted the one that Sammy shot of me lighting it up, and I'm doing a little bit of drifting, and I'm doing a little bit of you know just smoking the rear tire out. Um, and it's fun. It's 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 a quick, fun little video. It was so much fun to do it. You know, you take off traction control and you just light it up. You gas it and you dump it. You dump the clutch. You push through second. Uh, you take it up to third. You shoot across the pad and you know you break it down. Boom, 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 boom. Do you e break it? All right. So, um, oh, <laughs> once you watch the video, you can see it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of smoke. So. When I'm and it's real quick, it's maybe a minute, maybe a minute long. So I'm why you know I'm, I stop and I would I go back over to Sammy. I'm like Sammy, all right, it's your turn, man. I'll record you because Sammy used my phone to record me. I'm like Sammy, I'll record you. Sammy's like, no, I'm good, bro. I'm good. You got that. And I was like, come on, man. But then I look and I think Sammy saw the people first. Security for the for the venue. Security had already started to gather. So I'm like, crap, I'm in trouble. Um, 
So this gentleman is walking over to me, that calm, slow walk. And I'm like, oh, man, what, what have I done? You know, so and I have laid down a rubber. As I mentioned, it the, the pad itself was con- was concrete, kind of. It wasn't asphalt. So it's kind of like that gray, that light gray, that ash gray. But that's what it was before I got to it because it was rubber laid all around that place. I had really put some rubber down. Um, I uh, That back tire, forget about it. It was pretty much toast. So the guy comes over to me. He comes over to me. And he says, uh, and I, I right away, hey, I apologize. Look, I'm I'm done. I was just, you know, got a little carried away. He goes, no, 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 no. Can you do that again? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. So he says, we're going to gear you up. We're going to, and the guy's name is Eduardo, Eduardo. And he's a photographer based out of LA. Um, and so he, you know, hooked up my slingshot. I was in a slingshot R. And as far as the, oh man, the power that, there's a lot of cool things, and I'm going to be writing a first ride review in uh, an upcoming issue of actually the next issue of Sport Bikes Inc. magazine. So make sure you check that out at www.sportbikesincmag.com. Um, but there's so much uh, the performance levels of the 2020 slingshot, particularly the R. You know, the gearbox is smoother, and the performance is just great, and it they, they've reworked the suspension. It's just an all it's it's just it's it's it looks and feels finished now. Like I said, I own a 17 slingshot SLR, which is, you know, that's I I I can tear up in that. I can, you know, I can do my thing in that. Um I off I I jokingly said that I think that my level of talent in the slingshot is hindered by what my 17 SLR is capable of. However, with the 2020, uh, it's I can do so much more. It's you know, it's, there's a there's a synergy there between synergy. There's a synergy between myself, Mr. Black Moses and the 2020 Polaris slingshot R. So uh, shout out to Pam. Shout out to Joey over at. Polaris. I've already put my bid in. You know what we're talking about. Let's make it hot. Also, shout out to my homegirl, Portia Taylor from Black Girls Ride. Portia was at the launch as well. She and I, we cut it up the whole weekend. I'm sorry, not weekend, for the whole event. It was only like two days. Um, But so anyway, so Eduardo, you know, hooks up my slingshot, got GoPros in the camera, facing me, facing ours. And then he, and you know, in the first video, the one that Sammy shot, you know, I light it up and there's all this smoke. And then I create what my finishing, what I call my finishing, uh, <laughs> my finishing move is I create this wall of smoke and then I kind of creep out, you know, I kind of creep out from the side. And it, you, when you watch the video, you'll see what I'm talking about. So uh, when Eduardo asked me, he said, look, can you do do it again? I said, you want more of more? Or you want more of the same, more or less? Let me know. He was like, just do what you do. I said, I got you. No problem. So you know, say less. I, I tore it up. Like, you know, I went in even harder. And the finishing move was what I call the wall of smoke. I did the wall of smoke and it was all this like boom, 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 boom. Like, and everybody's now around and they're watching. So I put on, it was showtime. It was definitely showtime. Your boy, Mr. Black Moses did his thing. So wall of smoke and, you know, Eduardo was posted on the edge of the pad. That's where he was staged. So I had kind of dropped back a little bit revved up, dumped it, 
And just through the wall of smoke, I came out sideways. And I sound like Kevin Hart because my body was facing one way, (laughs) but my head was facing straight ahead. My body was facing sideways, but my head was faced. I was looking right at him. So I came out of the smoke, out of the wall of smoke with the slingshot sideways and I'm going straight toward Eduardo's uh, lens. And I, and I, then I, you know, I J hook it. Boom. I stop. And, you know, I hope that Eduardo got it and I can't wait to see the footage. Um, but with that being said, with that being said, it was just so much fun. Go to my Instagram, Mr. Black Moses, and check out the video of that Sam shot. Shout out again to the homie Sam do uh, from Super Street Magazine. Make sure you check that out. Drop a comment. Drop a like. Uh, it, it was fun. It was it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, yeah. Welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, y'all. Let's ride. Listen, man. Listen. We have had in you know in the Northeast, particularly in the. Pennsylvania region we have had in the last week we've had unusually warm temperatures um and you know of course you know had to go get some seat time so I was out on the bike as much as I could be and you know my schedule was really crazy and busy with travel and whatnot and production in the magazines and everything but I I definitely find time to you know get some seat time um with this last warm spell, you know, it just reminded me like literally like for like three or four days, it was 65, 70 degrees sunshine, like in January, in January. So uh, every rider that I know just about that, and this is another reason why you should never put your bike away, away. People that put their bikes away, I know that they were thinking like, oh man, I wish I could ride, but my bike's all, that's why you keep your bike ready. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So, <laughs> um, I, I had a ball and my nephew, the killer cam hosted a ride. So I met up with him to support him. Shout out to my nephew. I love you, man. Um, he had, you know, he had a nice number of people out for his ride and I went out and supported that. Um, it, but it, it made me started to think it, it had me thinking, beginning to think about, you know, what's coming up this summer, you know, when, when the weather actually truly breaks and there's, you know, in season, in season, you know, late spring through early, early fall, where we get to have temperatures that range from anywhere from upper 80s to upper 80s and up. So I feel like, you know, I I started to think about what my annual ride is and the things that I've done, uh, putting, bringing people together And, you know, of course, most people know about the Shut the City Down ride, which I started back in 2007, started back in 2007. And it's been an annual event. Sometimes I did it twice a year. But as the numbers continue to grow, as the numbers continue to grow, I thought to myself that, you know, doing it twice a year, it's it's too much of a dice roll. We've been fortunate enough that in since 2007, We've never had a any major incidences, uh, incidents, incidences. <laughs> We've never had any real major problems uh, throughout the course of, you know, through the tenure of the ride. 
Um, what started off with maybe a couple of hundred riders going, leaving from, you know, the suburbs of Philadelphia, heading towards Center City, South Philly, uh, which ultimately became the route. We, we ultimately found, you know, what worked best for us was to leave from the Hooters and King of Prussia or the King of Prussia Mall, which is just outside of Philadelphia, and then ending up at uh, Passy Yonk, Passy Yonk for, you know, right between uh, Pat's and Gino's steaks. And I know people are like, oh, you shouldn't eat there. You know, that's where, you know, that's a touristy spot. I don't give a damn. Those people are good to me. Um, I enjoy the cheesesteaks and it just, it always worked out. Shout out to Gino, shout out to Pat's. Um, and you know, the argument is, you know, like, why don't we take them to somewhere else? Like Delessandro's, no shame, over, no shame on that at all. No shame on any Tony Luke's, no problem with any of the, any of the, other cheesesteak spots in Philly, it just kind of worked out that, you know, it was, I was able to get more support from that part of town, from those venues. Um, And you, when you do things like this, when you put on huge rides, you look for the path of least resistance. And I may have spoken about the level of difficulty it is to organize such large rides. Um, as I mentioned, it started off with a couple of hundred. The last one that we did was around 2,500 riders. And this is not a police escorted ride. This is a police supported um, and the powers that be in City Hall and in traffic departments and what have you. Uh, you know, they definitely support and they make things less difficult to do. But it is not a it's not a police escorted ride in the sense that we have, you know, patrol cars leading the way or bringing up the rear. It really is rolling controlled chaos. Um, and like I said, since 2007, it, it, you know, we've, we've been fortunate that there has never been any major incidents or, uh, accidents or nothing major, you know, things happen, things happen. You know, if you have, if you have two people, you have two different types of personalities and potentially two types of riders. So if you multiply that uh, just by the number of attendants at any given ride, you're dealing with different personalities, different riding styles. You're dealing with different uh, different disciplines. And the ride was always has been and was always uh, open to riders from wherever you had young, old, black, white. Everybody in between, you had cruisers, you had sport bikes, you had the track guys, you had the, you know, the, the, the Groms, the 125, you had uh, males, females, it didn't matter. And I think that's what I personally appreciated about the, about the ride. The, that if I was given a position where I could bring all these people together to have, you know, to partake of the community and enjoy the camaraderie that exists in the bike community, then, you know, I'm, I was I'm I've been good with that. I'm blessed with that. Um, But, you know, in itself, there's always been issues um, dealing with different personalities over the years. I've had to deal with people who wanted to take claim for the ride, uh, who claimed that they did this, that and the third and that they started it and that yada, 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 whatever, whatever. And, you know, what? that's cool. You know, I'm not in the business of convincing anybody of anything because those that know, know. Um, one or two years when I did not do the ride, um, you know, people reached out to me, you know, Alan, are you, are you, are you going to do the ride? And, 
You know, is, is it going to happen? And if, if I didn't do it, you know, it just didn't happen. So for those who claim that, you know, it was their ride. OK, well, then how why did it always come down to whether I said the date or I would whatever. But again, it's not about that. It's so not about that. But there were some politics involved. Other people were upset because of the date that I chose it. They felt as though that was their date. Um and, 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 you know, with all due respect, there is enough road and enough enough riders to share everything <laughs> um, like my ride. And, and for real, for real, definitely with all due respects to the MCs, um, all the riders that did uh, the MC riders that came out from the club to support nothing but love and respect and understanding that the shut the city down ride was never a mandatory ride. It was all volunteer. So if you were supposed to be somewhere else, uh, part of a mandatory event, then black Moses believes your ass should have been over there. Your ass was supposed to be where it was supposed to be. Um, and if there was other rides that were going on that day, well, then, yeah, you know what? If you were obligated to be somewhere else, then you should have been there, um, whether you were in a motorcycle club or if you had uh, mandatory rides. Yeah, I believe in protocol, even though I'm not in an MC, I do respect nothing but respect and riders that are in MCs and have protocols and have. Yeah, you follow the rules. You go where you're supposed to go. I never asked anybody to be anywhere where they weren't sur- weren't supposed to be. Um, and other people who had other rides that were going on out of state per se, um, you know, like, again, it's a free ride. It's a free country and there's enough road and enough riders to go around. So I never I, I never understood that policy, that that part of the politics where it was, you know, Black Moses is, is asking people. I'm not asking anybody to do anything. I know what I was doing that day and I knew where I was starting from. I knew where I was leaving from. I knew which ride, which route I was taking and I knew where I was going to end up and I knew what I was doing when I got there. Um, so the point is that the ride became a, a an annual get together for riders from all walks of life. And, you know, it, it, I was I feel privileged and blessed that I created something that drew that you know that drew those people those riders from all over with positivity and love and just great vibes and you know some people showed some people didn't want to go on the ride and trust me i got it because like it, it, it controlled chaos but there were people that would either meet up beforehand because we would meet at 12 the meetup would start at 12 and we would start to fill up the parking lot and we would roll out around three o'clock so it would, you know, kickstands up three o'clock sharp. And what that did was that allowed from 12 to three, that allowed for uh, groups to gather, for riders to get in. And we had vendors set up and just had an opportunity to just chill for a little bit. Um, and the meetup spots, it was Hooters for a long time. And then at a certain point, we outgrew the Hooters parking lot. And then the last one, we we I think we've outgrown that one as well. Um, but the venues, the businesses, everybody, everybody benefited from the event. Everybody definitely. So and even if they you didn't go on the ride, you knew where we were ending up at and you knew that we would get there probably about half an hour to 45 minutes later from when we left. So around four o'clock when we pulled in three forty five, four o'clock when we pulled in to Pass Young Avenue. 
Uh, it was pretty, you know, you knew we would be there. And if you didn't want to do the ride, you knew to meet us there. And for the next couple of hours, that's what we would do. We would hang out and eat and just talk more. And, you know, it was take pictures and it was just as it's a special It's a special time when riders can get together and you can see so many different faces and so many different uh, shades of brown and, and, and different colors of people and different uh, just different walks of life. But on that day, it's, it's a reminder that we're all riders. We're all bikers. It's the same community. And it's not so much an us versus them mentality, but it's a we got us mentality. And that's the difference. There's a mass. I'm going to say that again. There's a massive difference between us versus them when you it, it, comparing compared to. I mean, let me just get it straight. There is a difference between us versus them. And we got us. We got us means that we will look out for each other, that we will uh, we will we will be mindful of the riders to our left, the riders to our right in front of us and behind us. That's what we got us is opposed to us versus them. That makes it feel that that to me that hangs a cloud of you know, of adversary that hangs a cloud of, uh, you know, it just, it's, it's not what the ride is about. That's not what the vibe is. The vibe is not, oh, pardon me. <laughs> the vibe is not about adversaries. It's about camaraderie. And there's a difference. There's a difference. Okay. So, um, with, with, you know, with all these things in mind and, you know, just thinking about how we've done so much, in over 10 years, like I said, 2007 was the first one. Um, I've just been thinking like, you know, that last one being 2,500 plus and people are already asking me, Alan, you know, and it's funny because you, when I get the Alan, when I get Alan, that's people being serious. It's not, oh, Black Moses is Alan. Look, when is the ride this year for 2020? And I haven't answered them yet, you know, but my inbox is full and people are just hitting me up, you know, Black Moses, Alan, when, when, what? And so, you know, I've given it a lot of thought. I've given it a tremendous amount of thought. And, um, you know, I'm about to drop a jewel on y'all. I'm about to drop a jewel and hopefully y'all can run, tell that y'all can run, tell that I have, uh, I've made a decision. I've made a decision that in 2020, 2020, we've already shut the city down. We've done that. We've done it. Okay. We, and, and thank you to Giselle Jones and the Office of Special Events uh, in Philadelphia, uh, Michelle Straub, everybody who has helped us, Robert Allen, if I'm forgetting anybody, please forgive me, but everybody who has helped make the Shut the City Down ride a success. Uh, over you know over the last decade plus, I I, uh, my, I appreciate you and I thank you uh, for making it a success and helping me to help others and and just helping setting the vibe and the mood for the season. You know it was it was considered the season opener. You know and in, in fact some of the rides were titled as such. It was the Shut the City Down ride, aka the Great Cheesesteak Run se- uh, season opener. And then when I did the uh, end of the season, it was obviously called the season closer. And that was typically the last week of September. 
Um, but September, you know, or beginning of October, depending on what the weather was doing. However, getting back to the point, the point is that we've already shut the city down. It's time for us. It's time for us to move on. It's time for us to make a move. And I thought about my natural progression as a rider, learning, learning how to ride in the streets of Philadelphia learning how to, uh, you know, get, getting, getting my, getting my, uh, <laughs> you know, was it making my bones, making my bones in the streets of Philadelphia as a rider and coming up and, and just being a street, a street guy. And then finding the track, the track is, you know, that that's where I became alive. Like, you know, I was born in the streets, but I, I grew up on the track and that is, you know, that that just changed everything that elevated my it enriched my life as a writer. It enhanced my life as a writer. Uh, it made me a better person. It made me a more. Uh, so even when I went back, when I ride on the streets now because of my track knowledge and education that I have uh, from the track. It makes me a better rider. I'm more ca- more cautious. I'm more aware. I'm just all around better. I'm just all around better because of track. So I thought that if I have been able to bring 2,500 people together to go for a street ride to get some damn cheesesteaks, <laughs> then I, I feel like it's a little bit of my duty. And we've been blessed to not have any strong, serious mishaps in the decade plus years of doing the shut the city down ride, I feel like it's my duty. It's my duty to move forward and take it to the next level. So if we've already shut the city down, maybe it's time that we take over the track and maybe we should have a, a track day takeover. And I've reached out to my family at New Jersey Motorsports Park and we've done the deal. So this year, this year, 2020, we're we are having our first, our inaugural track day takeover on May the 16th, and it will be at New Jersey Motorsports Park in Millville, New Jersey. Many of you have been there. Many of you have, or, or at least know of the track from Moto America being there and Arma and, and what have you. There's a, there's, it's a great, great facility, but I've reached out to them and I've talked to my people, uh, at the track and, and at the Riders Club, of course, Sport Bikes Inc. Magazine is a media partner of the Riders Club. So we are put, putting together a program that day that we'll see more people on the track. So we're going to and again, we'll, and the details will come out in the next couple of weeks. But I wanted to let you guys know here first on Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses, that um this year we are I can say I am I am not doing a shut the city down ride. The shut the city down ride. We've already done it. We are evolving. We are moving onward and upwards. We are moving the needle. We are moving the needle and we are now heading to the track for a track day takeover a TDT TDT 2020. It's coming at you and it's going to be a it's with uh, with in coordination with the Riders Club, New Jersey Motorsports Park Riders Club. We're going to have a a regular track day 
for registered riders, but we're also going to have try the track. So if you've never been on the track before, we're going to have opportunities for you to uh, take your bike onto the track and in controlled parade laps. I'm really excited about this as well. We're also going to have, it's going to be a season opener party. And if you've never been to New Jersey Motorsports Park, you don't understand how much fun this place is. There's two tracks, Thunderbolt and Lightning. I believe we will be on Thunderbolt for uh, the TDT, but there is also a pool. There's paintball. There are um, there's axe throwing. They have a restaurant. They have a bar. They have a hotel. Did I mention the pool? <laughs> Did I mention axe throwing? It's every you know. Once you get there, it's you really don't have to leave. So. We're going to throw, you know, I'm talking about a barbecue. We're talking about a DJ and other activities to keep people busy and interested. And, you know, that's that's where I feel we are now. We're as a community. We've done the streets. It's time to elevate ourselves, our community and have a day at the track, because that's what that's what this is about. This is I talked before about moving the needle and progression and moving forward. That's what this is about. We've already taken, we've already shut down the streets and we did it, you know, we did it for, like I said, over a decade. And we've been blessed that nothing major has really happened during the ride, during the ride. So now if our last ride had 2,500, 2,500 riders, Throughout the course of the ride from when we the time we left and you can if you don't believe me, Google, go to YouTube and look at Philly. Shut the city down. ride. Look that up on YouTube. Go for 2019. There's videos. There's people. I'm in a couple of them. And you'll see me giving my, my pre ride talk. Um, but you'll see how many riders there are. Just go to YouTube and punch it in. It is it's been a tremendous. It is a tremendous feat. That and we've accomplished that. We've we've accomplished the streets. Now it's time for us to go to the track and we're going to take that over. And this is something that I've been thinking about since the last one. Actually, before the last one, before 2019's Shut the City Down Ride, I've been thinking about it's time for us to move on and do something. And then the opportunity presented itself for us to elevate the game. And that's what we're doing. So, um, you know, I, I all the information will be up soon. I'm really excited about it. I think that it's a great opportunity for riders. Again, again, you know, you can do, you register for the track day, but it's going to be a free event. Like if you're not, if you're not registering for the actual track day, track day, there's so many other things to be, uh, involved with at that facilities. We're just going to have a track day, take, a track day takeover. It's going to be a huge party, huge party. You will be able, and if you want to come out and ride on the track for the try the track sessions, that won't cost you anything. It's, um, but all the information, all the details will be released in the next couple of weeks. But I wanted my family, my peoples, my beloved, I wanted you all to hear it from me first. Um, and, that, and, and, and again, that's the reason. That's the reason why. It's time to move on. It's time to elevate. It's time to move the needle. TDT 2020 at NJMP, May the 16th. Let's ride. Well, that's our show for this week. Please follow the show on Instagram at Life in the Fast Lane Official. 
on Twitter at L-I-T-F-L official and on Facebook at Life in the Fast Lane Podcast. Please hit that like, hit that share, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you drop a comment. Give us a rating. Give us a review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. We'll be right back here next Friday with an all new episode of Life in the Fast Lane hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. I'm gone. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan Quick Fix on Radio Influence. What's more likely, a cowboy takedown attempt or the fight makes it to the third round? Oh, that's a good question, Jason. Uh, Cerrone should absolutely take it to the ground, but he's not going to, in my opinion. I mean, when he daydreams and shadow boxes and imagines what the outcome of this fight is going to be for him, it's going to be Conor McGregor on his back as a result of his stand-up. I mean, that's the way Cerrone wants to win this fight, with his striking. So to answer your question, I think, uh, gosh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and say that this fight going to, to the third round is more likely to happen than a Donald Cerrone takedown. Just given that, you know, we've seen guys not go out there and go for takedowns. I mean, hell, Colby Covington. I don't think attempted a single takedown in that 25 minute fight against Usman. Mm-hmm. So I could see Cerrone and McGregor get sucked into a to to a firefight that lasts the whole time. You know, with neither guy knocking each other out. I could just as easily see a first-round finish. I could see Connor come out and land a huge left and put Cerrone to sleep, or Cerrone counter Connor uh, in, in the first or second frame. So if I had if I had to give you a pick, Jason, it would be this fight is more likely to go to the third round than Cerrone attempting a single takedown because just the way he answered Akimoto's question shows you that's absolutely not his priority. I mean, look, he's a showman. He he wants to go out there and, and put on put on a show. And you know, he made that interview. He's like, look, I, you know, you know, he wants to feel that left hand. He wants to see how powerful that left hand is. I mean, I, I do think that the you know part of the thought process, if you are in Team Cowboy, is, is you know, hey, let's try to get this fight, you know, out of the first round. Let's try to weather that early storm. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.